0: You've tuned in to Sci-Fi Fidelity, episode 82. We watched more than two. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. It's Mike and Dave with you here once again with a discussion topic. And this one's going to be a lot of fun. It's kind of experimental in a way. This is one that is not following our normal format where we pick a character, pick a show, pick a different thing that fits into a specific category. These are basically follow-up items. You might say discussions of shows that we started out with our two episode rule, just discussing the first couple. And then we were so enthused by it that we had to binge the rest either the podcast, or directly right after the podcast, and uh, discovered some more things off the air. I guess you might say,
1: All right. And, and look, how, how many times have our friends chastised us for saying we're bogged down with having too many TV shows to watch as part of our job for Dead of Geek? And they're, oh boy, that sounds really tough. But it, <laughs> you know, it it does happen, and there are some of these shows that we watch too in preparation for the podcast. And in a lot of cases, we like the show. We just simply don't have time to get to them. And I've had a few where I ended up watching three, four, five, and then just ran out of time and never finished the season.
0: Yeah. Oh, that happens to me all the time. I mean, even just it wasn't for the podcast, but I had to review The Man in the High Castle season four for Den of Geek and Amazon only released the first five And I just haven't had time to go back. That's one of my favorite shows. (laughs) I haven't had time to go back and watch the second half of the season. And people constantly harangue me on Facebook. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? (laughs) So these are actually shows that we did get back to watch the rest of it. Usually the first season of, I think most of the ones we're talking about tonight are first seasons uh, with one exception. But yeah, it was definitely something that where we were hooked really hard and had to get back to it. And then we'll also share our listener contributions of shows that perhaps we hooked them on with those two episode discussions that they had to then binge something that they might not have otherwise. So it's kind of a a cool way to get some feedback from our listeners in that sense. But what are we going to start off with Dave?
1: All right. Well, I'm going to start off with a show that simply on the visual promo alone that pops up on your Netflix feed, I thought, Well, that looks dumb. (laughs) What's that? And it is Russian Doll. Oh, okay. Which featured eight 30-minute episodes. And Mike, I got to tell you, I've talked many times that I'm not a big movie fan these days. And I don't know if it's my attention span or whatever. But these shows like The Good Place and Russian Doll, I love the 30-minute format. So it, it certainly makes it easy to binge. But I mean, this was a show that on the one hand, I'm going to say surprisingly, after having watched it, I'm not surprised at all. But that it received four primetime Emmy Award nominations, including Outstanding Comedy Series and Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series for Natasha Lyonne, who, who's the main character. So. For a genre show, you and I know that's a big deal.
0: Oh, for sure. Especially a genre comedy, which is not something that is a well-established subgenre, I don't think.
1: Yeah. And you wonder if coming on the heels of a show like The Good Place, which I think is similar in that it is a genre comedy.
0: And it's metaphysical in nature.
1: Yes, that that maybe opened some eyes and uh, got some people to check off the box on their ballot. Uh, I wonder if the title is a nod to the Russian nesting dolls because well, yeah. of the Groundhog Day narrative device that really is central to this story. And that said, I'm really not a fan of the Groundhog Day narrative yeah, device.
0: exactly. That's what's so weird. But yeah, I think one of the promotional posters did have Natasha Leone nesting inside herself like a Matryoshka. So I definitely think that was where they were going with that. But yeah, Groundhog Day, not as a movie, but as an episode, a single episode has become kind of cliche in sci-fi. But to do an entire series using it, that was a bold choice. And boy, did they nail the landing.
1: <laughs> yeah. As you said, it's very difficult to do it well. Travelers had an episode yeah. that that did it well. But Nadia is such a compelling character that I I just immediately find myself consumed with her dilemma as she dies over and over. And I guess the comedic element to that story arc is that it happens on her 36th birthday party that's taking place at her apartment. So the setting is just wonderful. You know, she keeps going back into the bat or she ends up in the bathroom each time she starts over and uh, it is just so good.
0: Yeah. Now this is a a different kind of one. I think we had just come off of doing the umbrella Academy, which is one of my biggest regrets that we didn't delve further into that because I love that series on Netflix and Russian doll was, we overcompensated. We did actually watch all eight or I did anyway, before we even got to the podcast. So we really broke the rule on that one. Our two episode rule (laughs) big time.
1: Yeah, Oh, I certainly did. And and, and just a a final point about, I guess, what really forced me in a good way to just binge the entire series is her obsession to learn what the hell is going on. And, you know, that's what connects us to the story. Uh, No surprise. It's been renewed for a season two. I don't think they've given us a release date or even a hint when it's going to come back. But uh, it did so well for Netflix that... uh, I'm sure we'll find out shortly. I just don't know how they're going (laughs) to...
0: What do you do with that? It's a complete story as is. But I trust Natasha Leone to come up with something. But I'm also going to do my first choice as one of these half-hour shows, a sci-fi or supernatural comedy, I guess you might say, in What We Do in the Shadows, which was on FX. We were not expecting to really go crazy for the show. We really loved it. Our discussion was so much fun on the podcast and I think we actually went ahead and said well it's in half an hour so we'll discuss three or four and we certainly broke the two episode rule in that respect but this is one where I was so pissed because after the podcast was over and I couldn't stop watching it, it was very strange because the episode right after the one that we had talked about in the spoiler zone I think in that one was one of the greatest episodes of the season in which the, the Baron is let let out. And uh, I think they're trying to get rid of him and they take him sort of on a party binge and there's this great vomiting scene. And if you think the vomiting scene from the exorcist was (laughs) a big deal, you you haven't seen this particular episode of what we do in the shadows. It was just epic.
1: Yeah, I, and I don't even know if I have a favorite scene. the The one that immediately comes to mind is when, and I can't even remember which character it is, but he he gets caught and he's at the animal pound. Yeah, Laszlo, uh, and, and yeah, Laszlo, and uh, you know they've got to come rescue him from there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was the last episode we talked about, and then it was the one right after that where the Baron does his crazy maneuver uh, played by Doug Jones. So that was great. Now I've enjoyed the movie version of Taika from Taika Watiti. and the series has also got him as an executive producer and that the series had a lot to live up to in that respect, but it was a brilliant blend of mockumentary and supernatural comedy. That's just not an easy task. i with Russian doll, you know, it had an uphill battle with this particular format and they just, and, and plus the expectations of the people who had seen the movie but they really nailed it. And I have to say, since I binged this all the way to the end after we talked about it on the podcast, I have to pat us on the back a little bit, Dave, because we predicted at the time that Guillermo would have to be turned into a vampire by the end of season one because it just wouldn't make sense to draw that out, his constant desire to become a vampire himself. Now, of course, that didn't necessarily happen. I'm not going to spoil it too much for it anybody who hasn't seen it, but what they actually delivered with regard to Guillermo in particular was just even better than we could have expected. And Guillermo's big secret. I'll just say that it has something to do with one of the, one of the TV shows that Dave reviews that also involves vampires. And I'll just leave it at that. But we had the church scene in the finale with Nando's ancestor. We had Laszlo and Nadia having that great conclusion to their story arc with Gregor, Gregor, Nadia's reincarnated uh, lover that she kept trying to hook up with. So just so many great things that carried me through that season. And the series was renewed for a second season in May. So we are going to get more of what we do in the shadows, thankfully enough on FX.
1: Cool. Well, the next show that I want to talk about is again, one of these shows that I unexpectedly fell in love with because I'm not ordinarily a fan of witches and magic and you know listeners might say well you and Mike should sure do a lot of shows about witches and magic and <laughs> yeah. that may be true but we chose to look at the Netflix series The Order And I was pleasantly surprised on a lot of levels and you know, this is a full hour show guys. So (laughs) I watched all 10 episodes in rapid succession. I'm pretty sure I watched three in one night and then I think I finished the last four the next night, but they're not ordinarily themes to which I gravitate when I'm looking for something to watch. My first impression was that this is going to be harry potter goes to college yeah i was not impressed with the pilot at all
0: (laughs) it wasn't until the werewolves came around where i was like okay i'm all in
1: (laughs) well and the other thing it seemed to have a cw-ish appearance with a lot of good-looking young people and there's nothing wrong with a lot of good-looking young people and having said that Again, I think you and I have gone on record many times that while we're not a huge fan of the superhero shows, the CW has done a pretty good job in general with shows like The Flash and Arrow. So it's not all about pretty people. And then, of course, you take a show like The 100, and while they're all attractive, they're always covered in dirt or whatever. (laughs) But, But in the order, the two leads, Jack and Alyssa, are not only highly shippable, and come on, I mean, who among us doesn't love a good ship? Yeah, they had huge chemistry in that show. Yes, but that's not enough. They're compelling characters in their own rights as he sets out to learn the truth behind his mother's death. And there are all these family connections with Belgrave University, which is the college, and I'm making air quotes, uh, that he attends. and he uncovers all these dark family secrets there's a huge reveal that even adds more to the mystery and certainly at the time on one level okay we kind of saw that coming not really but (laughs) you know it's okay but as you said i loved the introduction of the werewolf clan
0: yeah that was a big piece of its success i have to say and and I think at the time when we discussed this, you hadn't done your binge through to the final episode. And I had done a little bit of a spoiler zone for that particular podcast, talking and hinting at, at the ending. Some of the worries that I had going into season two, because it was one of those reset formulas that can be problematic for some shows. And I'll be interested to see what they do with it. This, this one's been renewed, right?
1: Yeah. Yep. 10 episodes season two. And, you know, just the last thing, I don't know about you, but I couldn't help but think about being human just without as much angst. Oh, the show being human. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, and the werewolf clan in particular. Yeah, it does have
0: that vibe, doesn't it? (laughs) So. That was not one we were expecting to like. I, I hope that we hooked some people on that. We'll see when we get to our listener feedback here in a bit to see if anyone got hooked on the order against expectation. But I am noticing that a lot of these that we've chosen are from Netflix and I think that's probably understandable given the fact that we used our two episode rule, but then all of the episodes were immediately available. So if we were busy and had to go on to a new topic for the next podcast or the next month or whatever, they were all there in case we could binge in a weekend or two. So that was part of why we were able to follow up on our interest in the show.
1: Yeah, I think all three of my choices are Netflix. Uh, only one of yours, but I picked mine and you were left with whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, the, your third choice,
0: uh, we'll get to it in a second, but that was one of the ones I was going to talk about. And I was like, oh, Dave took it first. But I actually picked a Netflix show that was not a show topic on the podcast. It was actually an interview, and that's Raising Dion. There were nine episodes on Netflix. <laughs> kind of a weird number, but I only had to watch – enough of the show in order to interview Jasmine Simon. You and I had a great time talking to her and I wasn't even reviewing it. Usually that's part of it too, is if, if we're uh, doing a written review, but I still watched all nine episodes. I was so hooked on that show that even though we could have just asked Jasmine, so tell us a little bit about your character or whatever generic question like that, man, did I get hooked on that show? It was, it was definitely not something I was expecting to get hooked on because it's about, a single mom raising a kid with superpowers. And I I guess that kind of fits in with the idea that Dave and I aren't really into
1: superhero shows, but this is anything but the typical superhero show, right? Yeah, I think that's what really makes the show so great, is that the premise is so different from anything we've really seen in that genre.
0: Right, and the child actors in particular just killed it. Josiah Young was amazing as young Dion. And Alicia Rainwright as the main character, the the mother of Dion was just amazing as well. And a number of occasions, I'm not too proud to admit that the show had me in happy tears for a lot of the scenes that took place between Dion and his mother. And even some of the other scenes where the kids were involved, they just really got me right in the heart. And Sammy Haney as Esperanza, she killed it as well. She was a great character that, that really got uh, the tears flowing a few times as well. So Just a really feel-good superhero show. Uh, No renewal news on this one yet. I'm actually very much expecting that it will get renewed. And it's been a little bit longer than Netflix is usually waiting to renew something like this. And they certainly had a lot of open-ended things at the end of that one, if you got all the way to the end like I did, that basically say there must be a season two. And I think in the intro and outro for Jasmine's interview... We did hint at the fact that there were definitely things left hanging that would make a great storyline for season two if there were one. Right.
1: And, and she's a great character as well who plays uh, Dion's aunt. Right. The doctor. Yes. <laughs> yes. So. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much
1: at Airbnb.com slash host. All right, well let me get to my third series that I've chosen. And you know, you already mentioned the Umbrella Academy, which appeared on Netflix ten episodes. You know, you and I have talked many times. We're both married And we admittedly do a lot of our viewing on our laptops. Yes, yes. And, you know, there are some shows that I'll watch on the big screen while my wife is sitting on the couch doing something else. And lately, more often than not, she ends up really getting into the show that I'm watching and then gets obsessed with it. Now, Russian Doll wasn't one of them, which shocked me. The Order... I was not surprised that she didn't get into it. She absolutely loves the Umbrella Academy. Oh, wow. I'm always surprised at the ones your, your wife likes.
0: You have more success with her, believe it or not, than I do with my wife. She has much fewer uh, genre shows that she latches onto. But But uh, yeah, Umbrella Academy. I was so pissed that you picked this one because when you proposed this as a topic, I immediately went to the Umbrella Academy because it's still... Uh, hangs over me as my biggest regret. We did hold to our two episode rule or three episode rule, I think in the discussion, but we didn't do a spoiler zone for that one. And I so much regret that because there was so much meat to the second half of that series. I think we'll definitely have to make it a topic for season two on the podcast because of that.
1: Yeah. And certainly season two was a foregone conclusion. Netflix is pretty chintzy about releasing Viewer numbers, but they did reveal that 45 million households streamed The Umbrella Academy in its first month. Whoa, that is freaking huge. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but anyway, what what grabbed me right away about this story about this family of adopted children who were basically trained and and brought up to be superheroes is Ellen Page's character Vanya who was the child that always seemed to be on the outside looking in and of course if you've seen the series you know that it goes from the present when the family when the kids are reassembling because their father has died and then we get a lot of the backstory from when they were young but just oh the apartment she lives in the the violin the just the loner in this rather large family just immediately brought me to her character.
0: Now, my favorite was definitely number five. Oh. I liked, I liked Vanya too. And Klaus would probably be my third choice as favorite, but, but yeah, number five and the time travel aspect just hooked me hard, especially once I got to his episode, which I believe is episode five of the 10. So obviously we didn't get to discuss that on the podcast at the time. So this was one I definitely binged through and it became one of my favorites of the entire year.
1: Well, yeah. And you mentioned number five. And again, that's one of the things that I love so much because we get a sense fairly early on that something happened to five. Did he die? Is he gone? Whatever. And then suddenly he reappears and has to assimilate himself back into the family. But of course, the catch is that he's still, I don't know, what is he, 10 years old, 11 13, years old? 13, oh, 13 <laughs> right. You mentioned time travel. And of course, he also possesses the ability to jump through space as well as time. And as any young teenager, he doesn't listen to his father's advice. And that's how he gets into trouble in the first place, essentially misusing his power without proper training or enough training. But it's interesting
0: that he ends up in an apocalyptic future in which the only people alive are this commission that are the time police, I guess you could say. And they make sure history stays on course by assassinating people. <laughs> I thought that was the most unique way of policing time that we've ever seen in all these different time travel shows. And of course, number five does become one of their assassins, but what a great concept and for it to be encapsulated in such a, uh story that's already interesting in its own right with the death of, of Hargreaves and all the different family members themselves. I mean, that could have been its own show, just the number five part.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hazel and Cha-Cha, the assassins that you refer to the, the scene in the donut shop when they come <laughs> in, uh, it's just, it's just so great.
0: Yeah. I mean, any of the th- stuff that deals with Hazel and Cha-Cha, was some of the most poignant tender moments which you wouldn't have expected from those two but there's just stories within stories and each one of them was equally
1: good right and just the family dynamic as each child is now forced to deal with issues that they thought they probably left behind and you mentioned klaus, oh, who klaus. is is just a mess but he's so amazing. That whole arc with him going to Vietnam was
0: just top notch.
1: Yeah. All right. What do you got for your third show?
0: All right. My final one is kind of a cheat. I must admit, because first of all, it's not a season one. And I, I struggled over this. I, I wanted to maybe bring up one of the other ones that I binged through, but this was a kind of a unique binge that I had and it's for Impulse. I think I maybe just didn't want to do another Netflix show because I, I realized there was a pattern there. But Impulse was a show that was proposed to me by a publicist. They said, you know, if I give you a couple screeners, maybe do you want to review it? And I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll take a look. Uh, the first two episodes of season two. And then she said, I'll also give you this season one recap video in case you need a refresher. Now, I didn't, of course, say to her that I hadn't seen any of the show at all. So I thought, okay, I'll watch the refresher and then I'll watch the first two and then I'll put a review on this because it looked interesting. And I could see that it was fairly popular when I asked different members of our own audience on Facebook, among other places on social media. And I saw that it had a pretty hefty following. And so I was like, all right, I'll watch the recap. And I was like, this looks pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. And then I went back and said, oh, wait, all of season one is available for free. To watch. So why wouldn't I watch it? And boy, did I get hooked fast. I I don't know what your path to watching season one was, Dave, but it was one of those things that I kind of just dropped into to prepare to review. Wasn't planning on even using it for sci fi fidelity. And then it quickly got put on our calendar
1: (laughs) well that was my path and like you once I watched the first two there was no holding me back and this is another of the shows that my wife absolutely loves and you know you mentioned season one being available for free what we find out is that yes if you are a paying YouTube premium subscriber you get the entire season in one shot a la Netflix But what they then do is every Wednesday, they unlock one more episode. So as long as you're patient, you're going to get the whole season for free.
0: Right. And that's how I would prefer to digest it anyway. But the the reason I call this a bit of a cheat is because season two came out and that was what we actually discussed the first two episodes that were available at the time our podcast came out. So what I binged was season one, not season two. And in fact, I still haven't gotten back to Impulse season two for the same reasons we've been mentioning all along that there just, it sometimes just isn't enough time and we have to move on to other topics. But just the fact that I'd binged through season one to prepare for this review. And then it ended up being a topic that I wasn't expecting. Just was great. And of course this was a recent enough one that I'm sure our listeners already know. This one's about a girl who discovers that she can teleport and they do a great job of doling out, The learning of her powers bit by bit throughout the first 10 episodes of season one and in fact even by season two she still hasn't quite figured it out fully right dave
1: yeah right
0: so if if you're the type that likes to see if you need immediate gratification with your superpowers this might not be the show for you but just the emotional content and the character development alone make this one worth tuning in for and binging.
1: <laughs> yeah. And my wife and I have two episodes to go on season two. They're both been oh, unlocked, cool. so we're ready to go.
0: So you have been following along with oh, it as yeah. it comes out. Yeah, you can't binge it like on Netflix. So, <laughs> So hopefully that's been the case for some of our listeners out there. And speaking of the listeners, we want to get into our listener feedback segment, of course. Now, this one was a little bit sparse, of course, because I think it partly had to do with The way we phrased this, obviously our discussion was more about you and I binging something after we were exposed to it in our research. But for the listeners, it was all about what shows did you binge after hearing the two episode discussion about? And then you were hooked. I mean, almost like we're getting some honest feedback about our podcast from the listeners in this one.
1: Yeah. And and again, they're not Tied to the commitments that you and I have with <laughs> yeah. the the podcast and the episodic reviews we write for Den of Geek. So, yeah, I agree with you. It is kind of unclear how to approach that question, but you know, come on, you guys just interpret it however you want, you know, and, and, uh, and that's what they did. Yeah, exactly. Did. <laughs> so we'll start with Stuart. Stuart says Russian
0: doll for sure. I believe Stuart was the first one to answer the question and I was glad he picked one of the ones that was on our discussion as well. So I think Russian doll kind of surprised a lot of people and Taltos agrees with Stuart saying, I had watched the pilot before the podcast, but wasn't sold on it then I gave it a second chance after listening to the discussions. So that was kind of cool that Taltos had that. Taltos also wrote down Future Man, but I don't believe we talked about Future Man on this podcast, did we? I had an interview on The Fourth Wall with Haley Joel Osment in January, but that's the only thing I can think of that maybe she listened to that one.
1: Yeah, I don't think we covered that at all, but, you know, that's cool. I mean, you know, and I was the same with Russian Doll. The first episode... Okay, it's kind of quirky. I'm not sure what to make of her, but I'll go on because, quite (laughs) frankly, I had to. Yeah, it was definitely
0: something that surprised me a lot. And I think even at that time, I was really skeptical of sci-fi comedies and they've really become near and dear
1: to my heart at this point if they're done well. Exactly. So, all right, well, Brian says, I wasn't going to see Watchmen as I'd lost interest in the movie, but your episode got me intrigued and now I'm hooked. Even got the graphic novel to catch up. Same for black mirror, dark, mine friends, uh, <laughs> you know, and hopefully Wayne's not listening because I've only seen the first two episodes of Watchmen and there's a lot to like about it. And, I don't know why I haven't gone on. Actually, as I told him, I still have not seen the series finale of The Leftovers. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That's pretty surprising. Yeah. I watched the whole series. And then it just got so depressing that I just thought, you know, but uh, yeah, I've got to go back to watch them because just the world they've built and the production values, just something visually about that show that just really, really I love.
0: Right. Watchmen is definitely getting huge buzz since we talked about it on the podcast. I actually am more anxious to go back to His Dark Materials before I do Watchmen. So it's almost like you have to prioritize (laughs) what you're going to do. I've been having to binge through The Expanse and Lost in Space because I'm reviewing those shows for Den of Geek. But I definitely plan on going back to His Dark Materials and Watchmen. So I'm glad Brian did that. (laughs) I I have to give Brian compliments for saying, Dark was something he got hooked on, Mein Frunz, because he capitalized the F in Frunz, just like a, a real German. So good oh, job, Brian. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah, glad one of us noticed that.
0: <laughs> and then Kevin Batchelder, I was kind of surprised, got hooked on Daybreak based on our recommendation. So I was glad to hear him say that. I almost took that as a compliment because I feel like that's the kind of show that Kevin would would have discovered on his own. And we would have been inspired to go see it from him rather than the other way around.
1: or Exactly. Because it doesn't surprise me at all that he loves that show. But yeah. as you said, it's more the kind that we listen to a podcast of his or read a post of his somewhere. But uh, right. yeah.
0: And that's Kevin Batchelder, of course, of the Tales of the Black Badge Winona Earp podcast. If you guys listen to that one. But Barb took another tangent on this topic. You talked about how you can interpret it different ways. And I think Barb took that to heart. She said, I'm duct taping my hands to keep myself away from the expanse and trying to do it week by week when it drops so that I can follow along with Mark DeCote's podcast. Now, when this podcast comes out, it will have been a few days since the expanse came out. So I'm wondering how Barb is doing on that so far. It's tough because a couple of people over at Golden Spiral Media, where we used to podcast and Mark Decote, who does solo talk media, they go week by week, even with the streaming shows. And of course, Mark had no idea when he started doing The Expanse that it was going to go to a streaming service like that. But that's a tough decision to go week by week. I know Daryl Darnell does it for Stranger Things, and that is some real discipline right there. <laughs>
1: well, Wayne and I do it as well from oh, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. a lot of the things we do. Uh, now, he rarely has any discipline, so <laughs> uh, I'm usually the one that sticks to week to week. But, uh, you know, it's interesting because we're covering Impulse right now and he's going week to week. And, of course, I'm caught up. I've got just only the uh, season two finale to go, which hasn't dropped for free yet. So, But you did it with Dark season two, right? Yes, we did. You went week by week,
0: and he couldn't help yes, himself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. So, yeah, that's that's a tough one to do. Um, but I'm glad to hear that we do have listeners out there that are, you know, taking our podcast and using it as inspiration for what to watch because that's exactly the purpose that we had in mind when we started the podcast. So that's great. So, all right. Well, Mike, what do we have
1: up for next week? All
0: right. Well, next week, as many of you know, is the week of Christmas. So we will not be on the air next week. We're going to do two weeks before our next one, but the next episode of the podcast, which will be uh, right before new years is going to be an interview with Van Helsing showrunner, Jonathan Lloyd Walker, who just took over as showrunner in season four. Is it Dave?
1: Yes, it is. Yep. Season four.
0: So he's going to do a debrief of season four of Van Helsing. For those of you who are following along with that show and also people who have followed our podcast, we all know that, Jonathan Lloyd Walker was in one of our very first interviews ever of people involved in genre television because we started our podcasting career with Continuum and he was one of the writers on that show. So how far he has come.
1: Right. And he's been with Van Helsing since the beginning because, of course, uh, Simon Barry was one of the executive producers when Van Helsing became a property for Sci-Fi Network.
0: Right, and they work together on Continuum as well. So yeah, his first showrunner gig, I can't uh, wait for him to tell us all about how that process went for him. And so that's going to be in two weeks on the podcast. But that's it for this episode of Sci-Fi Fidelity. Keep the discussion going on social media. You can follow Den of Geek on Twitter and Facebook at Den of Geek US. And we are at Sci-Fi Fidelity.
1: And in the meantime, we'd love it if you could rate and review the podcast wherever you access it. Be sure to send us your suggestions for future topics on social media or via email to scififidelity at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.